it's 1207. Um, we're here talking um, because change begins with a conversation. And, you know, I, I, I love to laugh and lead with the light and try to keep everything upbeat and fun and funny. And that's what I was doing yesterday. It was Feisty Friday on the Chad Hartman Show. I look forward to giving my friend Chad Hartman a hard time each and every week. And he actually loves it himself. Um, and, and we were laughing about one thing or another. And then um, we went to commercial break, thinking we were going to come back and continue to let the good times roll. When Rusty Ray came into the studio to deliver some breaking news that someone at Harding High School had been killed, that there was a stabbing. Um, and, and our conversation shifted, and our mood shifted, and our, our behavior shifted. And I asked Chad, I said, look, you want me to step out? I, I mean, you want me to go? Um, because... You know, we were laughing and talking and joking, and he said, no, you stay here. You got a, a boy who's 16. I've got boys, and, um, you know, we need to talk as parents. We need to talk as uh, hosts. Um, we need to address this situation. And um, as a parent of a teenage boy who is 16, the the boy who was arrested and is charged with this crime at 16, um, I, I, I think about my son and, and I thought about what, what did he wear before he left for, for, for school? How did, how, did I, how did we greet one another when he woke up? How did I send him off um, into the world? Were we mad at each other? Were we arguing, which is what we're doing a lot now because he's 16 and he wants to be adult and smell like brute but still have just enough baby powder to need mama's help uh you know and and i'm 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 scared now should i go pick him up from school is this you know at the time we didn't know if the incident was isolated if you know if, if schools were safe should i go get my boy and bring him home you know and as the details unfold we realized that it was two students a 15-year-old student who died and a 16-year-old student who is accused of stabbing him to death. What a horrific and horrible way to die. A mother and a father should not have to bury their 15-year-old son who they sent off to school to learn, thinking they were safe. And so the first call I made was to Anissa Keys. One of the hosts on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com and the founder of Aruba Emotional Health, a therapy center uh, here in the Twin Cities that is available to parents and families and teens. And the second phone call I made was to Lambert Fisher, who is also a host on one of the podcasts on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. And let me tell you something. What I'm most proud of on my podcasting company is that we have three licensed professional therapists on our team. Young African-American therapists with children of their own who have a heart for helping people and who every week produce shows 
that are about giving us strategies to cope during these difficult times and how to regulate and how to live life on life's terms. And more than anybody, Lambert's is the best at that. You can find more about Lambert's at lambertsfisher.com. He is joining us now on the Shaletta Show, courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Lambert's, we were just laughing and, and, and having a good time last night at Disney on Ice with the little kids, you know, that we have uh, watching in Canto and Frozen. And the kids were just having a ball and drinking $17 uh, drinks and, and $25 snow cones and, and, and the, you know, $35 uh, flash glowing light things that, you know, we don't spend all the whole tax refund at the Disney on Ice. And, and now we have to shift. Because now our conversation is, where do we go from here? How do we begin the healing process, Lambus? Not just for um, the children who were at this school, who may have seen this, who may have heard this. The teachers, the principals, the counselors who now are, you know, in a position where they're grieving themselves and have to help these children feel safe in the classroom to learn so that they're not looking around wondering, am I next? Is it safe? The parents who have to take their kids and drop them off at school who are going to sit at work and worry all day and be jumping at every phone call. Lambas, where do we go from here? That is the challenge, Shaletta. It's not an all or nothing kind of thing. It's not a one-stop shop, one easy solution but an ongoing challenge and used a couple of words there that were pretty spot on. It's, it's mourning the loss, but it's, it's more than that. It's more than just mourning the literal loss of the one particular person. Maybe they knew the person involved uh, or that, that, that was lost or the person who was accused of doing it or not. But a lot of times people say, well, if you don't know them, then why are you affected at all? It doesn't affect you. They weren't your friend. They weren't your family member. But it's the loss of that, not, not only the person's life, but that loss of the sense of safety. You walk into school, you heck, you leave the house, you get on the bus, uh, however you, you get there, and you feel like you're going into a place of safety, and now you've lost that sense of automatic taking-for-granted safety, and that influences everything. And so that's part of the, partly the challenge, knowing that you can't necessarily just rely on that automatically. But then also moving forward and saying, finding whatever means of safety you can cling to. Well, I know my friendships. I know my relationships. I know my teachers. I know who I'm talking to, where I'm doing. I know I'm making my intentional best effort to keep myself as safe as reasonably possible and hold on to that as much as you can. And same thing with the parents to say, what am I doing to help my kids uh, make better decisions about their friends and, and problem solve? And, and, and are you worried about some decisions you're making with your uh, anger management feelings type of things? Like just wrestling with that, just saying, am I equipping them and myself to do the best I can? We're talking about um, the fatal stabbing at Harding High School. And how one 16-year-old student is in custody, a 15-year-old student has died. Um, the first call I made after I heard about it was to Anissa Keys at Aruba Emotional Health. She joined us in the 11 o'clock hour. When you have time, I, I suggest you go back and listen to some of the things that she talked about and how to teach 
our children to regulate. And the second call I made was to Lambert's Fisher. And I had planned to ask Lambert a host of questions until he came on the show and talked about safety and how these children have lost a sense of safety and how that impacts everything. The way they take tests, their personal interaction, the trust they used to have with a teacher that um, now they, they feel like they can't trust anybody. They can't trust that they're safe in school. So they can't focus. They, they can't really eat their lunch the way they used to because now they want to sit with their back against the wall so they can see everything. And how that's coming home to the household. Lambers, how do we help all of our children, but especially these kids at Harding High School, some of whom witnessed this, they were all there when it went on lockdown. Um, they brought it home to the families because they're carrying it in their hearts. How do they find a sense of safety in school so that they can, this is, you know, this is 16 and 15, man. You know, we're supposed to be getting ready for the dance. You know, Sean just got back with Andrew. He took him to the alteration shop in Woodbury, Tom's Taylor's, to, to get his pants all fixed up so that he can go to the dance on on Friday. Um, it, it's a big deal. But, you know, here he is getting ready for the dance at Park High School. But these kids at Harding are getting ready for a funeral. Talk to me about that, Lambs. How do how, how do they get this sense of safety back? Part of the challenge, Shaletta, is acknowledging the harsh reality that there are certain things that come completely out of the blue. You, you can call them natural disasters, or at least to that same equivalent, you can't protect yourself from those things that come out of the blue, and that's hard to accept. And hopefully those will be so few and far between that that's not what we have to live our life based on. But then when you also look at a lot of these things that do happen, regardless of whether they should have happened by any means, there's things that build up. There's tensions that build up. There's relationships that went awry. There's interactions that could have happened uh, in different ways. And we can piece together all the different scenarios of each incident. But if you're worried about whether you're going to be in that situation as a kid, as a teen, in those scenarios or the parents worried about it, then that's where we don't have to worry about the completely out of the blue ones Oh, we can't focus on those. We can focus on what is within your power to control. And that's where when I'm talking to teens or even middle school students that are saying uh, they, nobody may have lost a life, but there's fights uh, at, at, my, at my school. I'm sitting down eating lunch, and I see everybody crowding over there, and I don't know what happened. I just know I don't want to be a part of it. It happens a lot more often than the ones that make the news. And that's when you have to help them find that sense of safety with putting on kind of an emotional and sometimes even physical, uh, at least conceptual armor, where they say, what are you doing that is within your power to control? I can focus on one friendship at a time. When I see kids talking about uh, 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 school time, lunch, uh, lunch fights, I say, where, where are you? I'm keeping my distance, and everybody else is rushing to the fight to look. I'm walking away from it. Everybody else is worried about their friends who are having conflict. I'm saying, hey, me and you, uh, us three, let's go completely elsewhere and make sure we're securing our friends. So we, we're not going to do that, right? If, if we got a beef, we got an issue, then let's talk about it so we can never get close to that. So one relationship at a time, one room at a time. I'm making sure I'm looking out for every piece of safety I can find. My friend, we're good. Okay. My teacher, we're good. Okay. There's no alarm going off right now. Every piece 
of reason that you can come up with that I'm safe right now for this moment, I'll hold on to. And maybe I can hold on to that test. Maybe I can hold on to that, that class. Maybe I can hold on to that friendship. And it may not be perfect. But if you look and you look for those reasons, you'll realize that you have a lot more to hold on to than the what ifs that we can be afraid of. And especially right after moments like this, is what ifs right in front of your face. Oh, Lambus, what ifs, yes. <laughs> if you intentionally look for those, there's a lot more to hold on to than, 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 than just the what ifs. Okay, we are talking to Lambert Fisher, uh, licensed professional uh, marriage and family therapist. Uh, he is one of the hosts of the podcast on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. He has his own therapy practice where you and your family can go and get this um, wisdom and advice. Lambert, I just can't thank you enough um, for being on this show today and providing us with these tools and resources about creating a sense of safety because I'm going to tell you something. You're really good at what you do because this is not something that I thought about. I'm in the what if crowd. I'm not in the help my child create a sense of safety at school crowd so that they can start to build back the trust um, of the campus, of the teachers, of their friends, that they can learn and they can relax and and, and they're going to be okay. I'm not over there, Lambus. Okay? I'm not that mama. But but what I want you to do is I know this and I need to make sure to make this plain to people who are listening is that you um, go to schools um, in a crisis situation like this and you help train the therapists and the teachers. Um, you help work with the principals and administrators to set up a system so that after a horrific incident like this, um, the other kids who are left behind to pick up the pieces to try to graduate this year, to try to, you know, recover and have a good freshman year because this is their first year in high school and they have to experience something like this. You you work with those professionals and train them on how to create that sense of safety. So if you had those teachers, those principals, the St. Paul Public School team, right, and they have an amazing team there, um, if you had them all in the room, where would you tell them to begin? Well, the first thing, the most impactful thing, everything else details after this, is being able to validate their fear. A lot of times people go straight into, don't worry about it, we got it. Don't worry about it, we got it. It's not you, it's over. The situation is past, and it minimizes it. But if you can give the kids a space to express their feelings, sad feelings, scared feelings, uh, and I'm frustrated, and give them a space to feel like it's okay to feel that, then it's the first step in helping them not have to hold on to it, to not have to dwell on it uh, for longer than they have the emotional space to do so. And if the teachers and the the facilitators can learn how to do that as well, then it creates a place where we can figure out how to reassure them it's okay for you to feel that way, but you are not alone. We are here not just as your teachers. We're here to do our best to create the safe space that you want to happen. Hey, parents, I'm not just going to minimize what you're saying. We are on your side. We are not just saying, not my problem, not my job. We are doing our best not only to teach them academically, but to look out for warning signs, to squash things, to help resolve things. We are doing our best, so we are working on this together. And when we're all feeling like we're working on it together, not pushing blame, not not, not receiving blame, but trying to create a safe place for everybody, top down and everybody in between, then that is how we can move forward. The details and the structures and the programs will change depending on what school and what resources you have. But if we're trying to validate those feelings and then reassure that we're working together as a team, then a lot of things can happen. 
Okay, Lambers, I'm going to keep you for one more segment. I'm so sorry to have to do this, but I'm going to have Josh move our next guest to 1245 um, and, and, and let her know that we are going to continue this discussion with Lambers because, Lambers, my phone just blew up from teachers and counselors and principals who say, okay, I have never heard of this Lambert's Fisher guy, but we need to get him over to our schools um, because we don't want to be on the back end of this thing. We want to be on the front end of this thing. We want to equip our counselors and our teachers and our principals with the tools they need so that, God forbid, we have a tragic situation happen. They already have the knowledge that Lambert's is giving you on this show. So that we can move on one accord and do the things that we need to do to help our children heal. So, Lambert, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to stick around for one more segment because I want to make sure that everybody has your contact information. Because this sense of safety is one thing to have the security guard and the, the school police and, and, and the locks on the doors and the keypads and the key cards and, and, and the locks on the doors and the keypads and the key cards and, and, and then, you know, put up a fence. Okay. And then if you want, you know, we won't have a drill and this is where you hide. But if you still don't have a sense of safety, which is emotional and mental, then none of that other stuff is going to help you. None of that other stuff is going to get you to a place of peace. And I don't think, I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't think about it. Until Lambert Fisher said it. So we're going to continue our discussion with Lambert for just a few more minutes because everybody is, is sending me direct messages and texts and emails. I am live on the show with Lambert right now. I'm going to have him answer those questions when we come back. When I found out that a Harding High School student was stabbed and that a fellow student is accused, um, according to St. Paul Police, 15-year-old boy has died. I immediately called Lambert Fisher, who was in his office, licensed marriage and family therapist, going over some notes, doing some paperwork. And I said, Lambert, you got to let me pick your brain. Because when something like this happens, I don't even know what questions to ask. You know, you want to say, well, how do we heal? How do we cope? And Lambert does this for a living. He goes in and trains um, teachers and principals and therapists and counselors in school districts across the country to help them understand and know what next steps are, sadly, after tragedies like these happen. And his schedule is tight. His calendar is booked. But people are sending me notes from um, the listeners right here in the Twin Cities. How can we get Lambert over to our charter school? Hey, Shaletta, um, we've got a Montessori school. We don't have anything in place. Uh, we need somebody like Lambert Fisher. How do we get in touch with him so that our students have a sense of safety? Um, there's some other schools, um, district officials who've been emailing me. I'm just kind of going through them right now. Um, and refreshing my DMs because they're listening to Lambert's talking about providing a sense of safety because just because your child did not go to Harding High School, uh, when they see this story and they hear it on the news or from their friends, we can't isolate them from this. How do they then go back to campus? 
whether they are in Egan or Edina, whether they're in Lakeville or Forest Lake, and feel safe in the classroom. Because all these teenagers are talking about this. I intentionally didn't tell Andrew about it because me and him had a blow-up argument on his way to school yesterday because he didn't hold the door open for me. So I didn't pray for him or tell him I loved him before he went walking out the door. And then here's a 15-year-old boy, one year his junior. His mother will never get to see him walk out the door again. She will never get to tell him she loves him again. So I I, I thought, okay, well, I'm just not going to tell Andrew because I'm already feeling bad and guilty. That I get to see my son and this woman does not get to see her son. So I'm just not going to say anything to him. Well, guess what? He said something to me. Because why? He's got a phone. And his friends are talking about it. And he gets the alerts, the WCCO radio alerts. He signed up for that. He goes onto the station website. He gets the latest news and information. So now Lambus, he has an issue with having a sense of safety at school. And he ain't never stepped foot in Harden High School a day in his life. This is impacting all of our kids. I don't care where you live. This is not, you are not untouchable. This is impacting your children as well. Because while you're thinking everything is all gravy in Edina, your kids are talking about this situation at Harden High School with their friends. And the sense of safety in the classroom is lost. And, and so Lambas, I'm getting notes as, as I'm talking to you, as we're doing this show from people in real time um, who say, hey, um, I, I need Lambas Fisher because we don't have a plan in place. We're just hoping everything goes okay. But if something does happen, our staff has not been trained. Lambas, you go all across the country and do this. How do people find you to get you into their classrooms to train their teachers and administrators and principals and counselors and therapists about making sure they have a sense of safety before and not after? Well, I appreciate that, Shaletta, and I appreciate anyone who's listening who's even considering being proactive uh, because that's a lot, a lot of times a challenge. Because uh, unless you have a policy and procedure manual that says to do this particular thing, if that happens, then a lot of genuine, caring, willing teachers, administrators want to be helpful, but just don't know how. And mm. and that's where I try to come in. I try to try to provide that support. Uh, because on one hand, you know, I can easily be found, you know, just as a therapist, as a trainer at LambertsFisher.com. Uh, there's not too many Lambertses out there, so easily searchable. But a lot of times people find me for my diversity training. So I have DiversityMadeSimple.com. And that kind of surprise. It's like, well, how does that even com- combine? It's like, well, a lot of times people see, hear my diversity training when they participate, and they realize it's not just all about race and ethnicity. Diversity is about being different. A lot of times differences and offenses are what are behind a lot of these things. We're different academically. We're different politically. We're different socioeconomically. We're different in how we can cope. We're different in our mental uh, capabilities and in strengths. And a lot of times what teachers can do is to help people make the most of their similarities and their differences. A lot of times conflict resolution isn't just about how to apologize or how to say the right thing. It's how to, how to appreciate the similarities and not feel like this is a threat to you. And so when teachers come in one, one classroom at a time, one of the things that they can do outside of the policy and procedure manual is to recognize that not every disruption in class is about them. It's about disrespecting them. It's about, oh, maybe this person is coping with something in an unhealthy way. Maybe this is sadness unhealthily expressed. Maybe this is fear unhealthily expressed. And a lot of times that's the first step. That's helping get a, get a, get a group of teachers together in the same room and say, here's what, some things to look for. 
here's some things you can respond. You don't have to all of a sudden become a mental health professional. That's not your responsibility. That's not fair to expect that. But you can know how to squash things in, in, a, in a conflict resolution sense and how to reassure your feelings matter in here. You, your, your feelings matter outside of here, and this can be a safe place for you to be you. And if we do that, then a lot can be that can happen with, with just that 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 permission, that acceptance to to be a real person in those professional roles. And so that's what I try to provide. And a lot of times, even in a short, you know, hour, two hour type of training, that 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 first step can be built upon in practice, one class, one relationship, one interaction at a time. And you can go to his website, Lambers Fisher, L-A-M-B-E-R-S-F-I-S-H-E-R.com, uh, right there on the website. It's his therapist, supervisor, speaker. There's a, a button at the top that says training. Um, it's easy to find. You can click there. Um, if you are a um, therapist at a school, if you are a counselor, if you have a charter school, um, if you have a school district, and, and you want to get ahead of this. You want to equip your teachers with the tools that they need. And, Lambert, you also have some free resources on this site that people can take advantage of. But but one of your taglines on your website that I love, um, that you say on your podcast every week, is that um, you're improving the world one relationship at a time. And you don't have to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone and you talked about creating a sense of safety and if you have a healthy relationship with your student um, if you have a positive impact on your student that sense of safety um, is going to be solidified and they can then be able to say you know what this happened and it is horrible but I know that Miss so-and-so got us I know that principal so-and-so is going to be there. And, and and that's what you do, Lambert, better than anybody, which is why folks across the country are having you come to their schools and, and do these trainings. Indeed. Indeed. And you, you summarize it quite well. A lot of times people forget that it's the strength of the relationship that really enhances everything else we do, from teachers to students. It's not just the test, but how comfortable and safe I feel. And if I feel like the people who are teaching me, are looking out for me. They want the best for me, and they're showing that in action that I feel empowered to not only follow the instructions but to succeed and to meet my, my goals, to, to believe that my goals, my, my potential is bigger than I thought it would. And if we can build that even after tragedies, if we can strengthen that, then we can reduce the likelihood of the next tragedy from happening. I thank you for your time. I'm sorry to, for taking you away from your children um, to help um, us, but I know that you have a commitment to helping people who are hurting, and, and I thank you so much. LambertsFisher.com is where you can find him. Linnea's already sending me a direct message. Adrena's sending me a direct message. Folks are looking for you, um, and I just appreciate you so much uh, for being here, making yourself available. So please check your, I know you, you try to take Saturdays off, but um, I'm going to need you to check your emails and your DMs because folks are already 
looking for you through me and and i'm i'm so grateful that you are allowing them to find you so we can create these safe spaces and schools for our kids lambersfisher.com is where you can find him he's been joining us courtesy of the john schuster caldwell banker hotline don't go anywhere we'll be back it is 1248 you are listening to the shaletta show on news talk 830 wcco radio your good neighbor station my name is shaletta brundage and i'm the host of the show now listen yesterday I hosted the High V Opportunity Pitch Competition. It was absolutely amazing. So High V had this inclusive opportunity summit right here in the Twin Cities at US Bank Stadium and they invited small BIPOC and women-owned businesses to come and uh tell their stories and share why they deserve to win $30,000 for their businesses. And I mean the pitches and the businesses and how they were created and what they planned to do with the money was amazing. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't a judge because I would have everybody would have walked out of there uh, with thirty thousand dollars and high V would have been in bankruptcy if it was up to me because I just um, I, I was just blown away by some of the competitors. And these businesses and how there was a need and they feel that need. Oh, my God. I was so inspired. I was so inspired. And I'm telling you, those judges had um, a difficult time choosing which one to pick. A total of $50,000 in grants were awarded to um, local, right here in the Twin Cities, local uh, businesses owned by people of color and women. Um, and, and they even, it was just a whole day. Pitch competition was just one part of this summit. Um, and they had lenders there and Women Venture was there and Mita was there and the SBA was there. And so business owners got to walk around and talk to these people and not have to wait and make appointments. They could see everybody all at once. And deals were being made. High-V store managers were there and people were talking to folks. Dr. Artika Tyner, who you heard from earlier in the show, was able to get one of her books um, on the store shelves at her local Hy-Vee, okay, for Black History Month. And then they're going to see how it does, and then they may have it. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. Every time I turned around, there was opportunity going on. I see why they called it the Opportunity Summit. Um, and, and then at the end of the day, they, you know, awarded a winner. Mommy's Solution in Plymouth was the grand prize winner. Uh, they were founded in 2021. And, and then, you know, they had different categories. And Turn Signal in Minneapolis won in the Innovation and in, in Technology category. They got $5,000. Uh, and, 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 you know, Jazz Hampton and, and his crew, um, you know, are going to use that money to continue to build on this amazing app that they created to protect driver's civil rights but then the judges had like a little special category where they could you know take a little money and give it to one of the businesses that almost won right the scrappers you know the folks who were just you know trying to do their thing and so they gave uh the judges choice award to soul grain in saint paul 
And, you know, they have an amazing concept, an amazing product. I have already bought up my 511 bags, uh, honey, and we are eating it and snacking on it here at the house. And so I've invited Sylvia Williams, one of the owners of Soul Grain, to join me on the show. Sylvia, first of all, congratulations on winning this $2,500 at the Hy-Vee Opportunity Summit on yesterday with the Judges' Choice Award. Were you surprised and blown away? Yes, we were very surprised. We are very new to this. Um, it was our first pitch, so we were a little, you know, a little raw, a little shaky. But um, so we were really surprised and, and pleasantly surprised to have won, yes. Okay, for folks who don't know, and I didn't even know about the products until yesterday, and that's another good thing about opportunities like this that hy created, is it raises awareness for small business owners. Tell us all about Soul Grain. Well, we are um, a granola company, and my partner and I wanted to create a quick, healthy snack that people could eat on the go instead of, you know, having a bag of chips. Um, so we settled on granola, but we wanted to liven it up a bit. And um, so we decided to use flavors that were reflective of our cultural backgrounds. And, you know, me being a black American, I wanted something, you know, with a little spice, a little sauce, a little something extra. So um, our five flavors are indicative of, you know, our background. So one of them is like sweet potato casserole, if that gives you an idea. Um, mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. one is uh, banana pudding, because you know you're going to go to grandma's house and you're always going to have a banana pudding. Right. Um, and then we have cocoa mango for our, it represents our Caribbean brothers and sisters. And then spice paradise, which has uh, grains of paradise in it, which is a North African spice in honor of my partner's North African heritage. Oh, my and gosh. We got, we, got, we got a neutral Nelly for, you know, who, those who want a, something like a, a more clean f- flavor profile that they can just mix with anything. That one goes with anything, put anything with it. Mm-hmm. And 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 you guys just started this business, and it is already taken off. You started in May. Uh, where can people find the products? Well, we're in two Kowalskis right now, um, on in Woodbury, and the one on Grand. And within the, by the end of the month, we'll be on Hennepin. The Kowalskis on Hennepin, and then the Kowalskis on Lindale. And if you're traveling, we're in the airport starting Monday, and then we're in several subscription boxes and you can also find us online okay give me that website information because somebody just sent me a dm like girl this goes right along with um my um new year's resolution to stay fit and healthy i can get rid of those chips and i can um Mm -hmm. support a small black business owner and get this soul grain get this granola in my life well we're at www.soul-grain.com Dot com And today, if anyone's out and about, we are on 50th and Grand at the Anthropology from 11 to 4. So you're out and about selling soul grain? Okay, tell me where that is again, because this is a beautiful day, and folks are trying to get out and do something fun. Yeah, we, we have a little pop-up today at Anthropology right on the corner of 50th and Grand. So it's 4999 Grand Avenue. I mean, not Grand. I'm sorry. 50th and France. So it's okay. 4999 France. 
Okay, 50th and France. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so people can buy all the flavors there. Uh, you can meet yep, Sylvia the here. And, and her partner. And bonus, my husband is here. So. <gasps> oh, okay. So you got to tell everybody who your husband is. My husband is musician Stokely Williams, uh, formerly of Mint Condition. He's got his own solo act now. But, yeah, he's over here helping me sell the granola. I love Lisa, it. Lisa wasn't able, so you know I got my 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 partner here today. <laughs> your Sorry, other partner, partner, your other right. partner. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is a treat! So you get to get some granola, you get to meet Sylvia, and you get to meet Stokely Williams, musician extraordinaire, formerly of Mint Condition, right there on Fiftieth and France uh, at the Anthropology. Um, she's got a pop up where she is selling her Soul Grain product. This is great because I didn't even know what you were doing today. I was just excited. I loved your presentation yesterday, and I thought, you know, I'm going to make some time to support and shine a spotlight on this small business owner, me being a small business owner. Um, and I was so excited to see you win uh, that $2,500. So I didn't even know you were having a pop-up shop today. So this is great. Now, how long are you going to be there? Because folks are out and about, and, you know, they're trying to carve out their time and their day. Um, you know, and, and for folks overall in the area of 50th and France, how long are you going to be there? at the Anthropology selling this Soul Grain product, Sylvia? We will be here until 4 o'clock. Oh, so people have time. Okay, so if yep, you're out and, and it about... it is a gorgeous day. It is. It's beautiful. And, and people can stroll. They can walk. They can go up, meet Sylvia, meet... You always wanted to meet Stokely anyway. This is a perfect excuse <laughs> to meet Stokely Williams. Um, and she's going to be there until 4 o'clock. Now, what is the cost? What's the price? How much does it cost to get a bag of soul grain? And, and tell me um, how, um, you know, what's the serving size on them? Well, okay, so we have the 3.25 ounce, which is 375. We have the um, 10 ounce, which is 1375. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yes, yes, yes! And you are—I I hear y'all beeping up and 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 ringing up customers right now. Folks have got to yeah. get out there. Fiftieth and France Anthropology uh, Soul Grain is there at a pop-up, uh, selling that amazing product. Uh, we um, ate the heck out of the sweet potato uh, pie. Uh, uh, a bag. I, I'm sure you know some people are putting it on stuff, but it's just delicious taking it right out of the bag. The kids enjoyed it, and it was a really good and healthy snack. And, and we always like to support local, all natural grains. Soul Grain uh, is having a pop up right now until four o'clock. Y'all want to get out there, Miss Sylvia Williams? Thank you and your husband Stokely for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. All right. Now, y'all know as soon as this show is over, I'm going to put Steve Simpson on in the car and pop up at the pop-up to get some soul grain. I'm going to tag Miss Sylvia, tag my friends at Hy-Vee to let them know we are supporting local. Congratulations to Soul Grain and all the winners of the Hy-Vee Opportunity Summit on yesterday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking more about the Harding High School stabbing. Mark Fry is going to give us the latest at the top of the hour, but first, uh, national news from CBS.